Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, Italian tradition versus German innovation. We take a look at the fashion week that just took place in Florence, Italy and Berlin. In this episode, we'll talk about the Nordic brands making a mark in Florence, the tech focus during Berlin Fashion Week, how AR and VR can be a tool for upcycling, what we learned from the German company Juniverse Fashion Tech Conference, and how fashion activists took over Berlin Fashion Week and fooled Adidas. I'm Conrad Olsen, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind, and I'm here with our uh, dear colleagues, uh, Erik Sedin, and our man on the ground, our contributing editor, Oliver Dahle. Oliver, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm calling in from Berlin, in which um, Berlin Fashion Week is very much in full swing uh, at the moment, so a lot of fun. Are you going on like a tour now, a Fashion Week tour for the next couple of weeks? Not a tour. I have colleagues here in Berlin, which is uh, very much more on the tour, which is now going to Paris after this. Um, but for me, I'll have a break now uh, for a couple of days, and then I'm going to Copenhagen in the beginning of February. We'll meet up there in Copenhagen. We're so happy that to have you on the ground reporting on some of the things that are happening. Um, uh, obviously, Florence was last week. Uh, these are just to begin with, uh, just an overall reflection on these two events. It feels like they have two very different vibes to them. From what I've heard from Florence last week, it was kind of back in full swing. Everyone enjoying uh, the the piazza at the, the Fortezza da Basso. Uh, a lot of the uh, halls are open again after after you know kind of the downtime in Florence. Uh, what what are some of the just overall uh, impressions from from Florence and Berlin and, and the differences between them, Oliver? Well, so if we start with uh, Florence and Pitti Uomo, as you said, it uh, very much was that this time everyone was back. Buyers from Asia, people from the states, all the halls were open um, again. So um, it very much felt like pre-pandemic times. And it have become this huge trade show again. Yeah, but they don't obviously they obviously don't have the same sort of future focus as Berlin. It feels like from what people told me, Florence is kind of back in even in pre-pandemic themes. There's not much talk about sustainability and innovation and new technologies and that sort of thing. It's not. That's correct. But <laughs> but you know it has its uh, function. It's a meeting place for all the brands coming together um, it's the start of the uh, fashion month season uh, for men's so and everyone is like coming there meeting each other and as i said now like everyone coming back um, it's very nice they have their small little sustainability section in which right. they have curated sustainable up-and-coming brands which is to be honest very good uh, and obviously all brands in some sense is talking about sustainability in one way or another, but the fair in general doesn't have this like uh, innovative, progressive feeling to it. This is in stark contrast to Berlin, which it's, I mean, I haven't really focused that much on Berlin the past few years. It feels like it has, it has had its kind of downtime. Um, 
but now they're back and you know we we received a lot of press releases ahead of uh, of the week and it feels like uh, at least uh, you know every other one was about new technologies and fashion tech and and that sort of thing um, so maybe we should start there um, uh, what, what has been the vibe in, in Berlin compared to Florence well so first of all um, uh, I've realized how huge of a city Berlin is yeah <laughs> compared to Florence and Pitti which basically is the trade fair at Fortezza Labasso and you could just walk around in the city there's have been a lot of like um going around in uh, buses all over Berlin stuck in traffic mm. um going to the next place and another so the vibe is much harder to like sense but going to all these events and uh, presentations and uh, meeting with the brands um <clears throat> it feels like they're really trying to create something new and like looking forward what what does fashion need what does berlin need from fashion and um, so there's very much um forward thinking um mentioning these topics as technology, sustainability, very important, of course. So they're really try working hard, the German Fashion Council, on reinventing uh, the F Berlin Fashion Week, but also the Fashion Week format in general. What is the purpose of it, you know? I want to get into some of the, the, the findings and specifically some of the topics around technology that you have uh, experienced. But I... I... I, th I can't, uh, you know, hold myself. I, I want to talk about this, uh, you know, uh, protest that happened just the other day. Uh, it's been it's been written all over the fashion press. There was some kind of fake um, fashion show. It's supposed to look like it was Adidas, but Adidas doing a, uh, a fashion show, but it, it actually was some kind of uh, activist taking over, talking about. Uh, uh, how you know raising awareness around the fashion production around the world you were there right what what was this yes so this was um one of the first um first shows during the week it was called uh, the contradiction of uh, fashion and um, and no one really knew what it was and what to expect because it was announced like very last minute so we went to this um, place in central Berlin. And when we got there, the whole place was embellished with Adidas logos turned upside down. So you were thinking, oh, nice. Um, maybe Adidas is doing something like we're in Berlin, Germany, like their mm -hmm. home country. Maybe they're here to support the fashion week and the fashion industry in some sense. Exciting. So we go in, uh, take a seat. Then there's this guy who comes in and presents himself as the creative director of Adidas um, and starts to talk about what they are going to do and uh, that this is the first day of their future and like they're, how they're treating or how they have, have been treating their migrant workers and um, that they this will now change and this show is uh, very much the beginning of it uh, he also announced that they had a new co-ceo that now was taking over in the company 
presented her, um, an Asian woman, which apparently would have been working in their um, manufacturing plants in Asia. And now she was becoming co-CEO of the company. Was it obvious during when this happened that, that this was a prank of sorts or a protest or were people kind of fooled by it? Did you actually think that this was Adidas people working? Um, in the beginning, you got this feeling like this doesn't feel right. Yeah. But if they say that it is uh, like it, like this so why shouldn't i believe it but the more uh, the time went you it became for me uh, very apparent that okay this is a spoof this is like has nothing to do with adidas and this will like um, things will go down when shit hits the fan yeah but talking to some colleagues after the show they felt that they were not aware that this was fake it took them some time to um, actually realize because the models that were walking in the cat on the catwalk were like in these poorly done upcycled Adidas clothing, very distressed. They were like beaten up, had some sort of blood in their faces, couldn't walk properly, just to like enhance the effect of like the poor working conditions the workers mm-hmm. had. So like the brand doing that, of course, it's not going to happen in uh, any sense. And like they made a lot of references to their collaborations with like Kanye West, GC, Pharrell, and like said that they were co-creators of this collection and these kind sort of things. So it really didn't make sense at all. But apparently a lot of people... um, had the idea of the show being real. So, um, and as you said, when presenting it, it uh, really has stirred up some emotions, obviously. Uh, And uh, Adidas have uh, condemned the whole thing. And obviously they they went out and and confirmed that this was not their uh, doing. They were not behind this protest. And they also, in a statement at fashionnetwork.com, they they said that, quote, we reject the allegations. Adidas is committed to fair labor practices, fair wages and safe working conditions. Mm -hmm. Um, You being there, did you get a sense? Did this land well? Did did this, uh, you know, make people think? Do you think this was a successful PR stunt by, by this group who's behind it? Mm, no, I don't think so. Um, like the show in itself was very uncomforting. So it made you think like, yeah, no, of course. It's like the working conditions in Asia um, and within fashion is obviously not good. Mm. But come on, what else is new? Like, um, so, but the, like their main goal of the show, like what are we going to do next? And like, what is their solution? You can't just like, yes, highlight a problem. You not need to come up with an idea, a way forward. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you guys think that this is like a good way of, Doing you know, like it's, it's it's on the Scandinavian in Mind podcast now, so they obviously they achieved, you know, it's kind of yeah. reached the masses now. 
But I thought it was interesting that you, the, the quote from that Adidas executive said, because they said something of like, they were kind of holding it back. They were like, we usually pay above the, the pay grade in that country. Yeah. So they didn't even like fully uh, shut it down. They were like, we usually pay above it. And also it's interesting to see, you know, Adidas, for me at least, in my kind of uh, the social media bubble that I'm in, they've been in kind of, they've been through scrutiny the last uh, like six months, you know, with Kanye West before they like decided to drop him. And then during the World Cup in Qatar, they were a big sponsor of that. People are saying like all all these footballs, the people are making that they make, you know, they, they make like... Uh, I don't know how little money it was an hour. So I thought it would be interesting to see if they brought that up because I know they've been kind of been scrutinized for the last half year. Yeah. So this guy who presented himself as the creative director of Adidas, um, uh, he announced in his opening speech that, yeah, so you guys, you know, we at Adidas have been through a tough year, uh, but um, <laughs> with as the things you're mentioning, like with the GEC and the World Cup. Uh, so this is like the first day of our new future and like to reinvent ourselves. So yeah, they very much address those topics. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think it's from a macro level, it's it feels um, reasonable that these kinds of protests are coming out right now. I mean, there were reports at the beginning of the year where uh, companies like, uh, you know, Inditex that does Sara and H&M and uh, I think even Lidl was um, uh, scrutinized for their um, how they pay their contractors or their, their factories in Bangladesh. Um, obviously, I mean, there's a lot happening on the, you know, uh, supply chain front, uh, raising energy prices and, and so forth. And and, uh, you know, we see prices of garments are raising right now, uh, putting pressure on the people or putting even more pressure on the people that are making them. So, I'm, in a way, I'm not kind of surprised that this is happening right now. Uh, what will be interesting to see, I think, from an organizational perspective, if I am, uh, if I would be Berlin Fashion Week, I would be very um, concerned about <clears throat> having something you know, come on kind of the, as an official event on the schedule, have all the all the press be there, uh, have it be like a, a, a one of the fashion events, and then it turns out it's kind of a spoof. It, it's a protest. Um, I think that could that could definitely. I'm, I'm sure uh, they are scratching their heads right now, sweating uh, <laughs> profusely about how to secure a fashion week uh, for the participating brands. Because if I were a participating brand to a fashion week, and I, I you know, if they're not, if, if if they don't have their schedule in order, that's uh, that's a big problem, I think. Definitely. You know, they're really trying to build something here, and I don't. I'm not sure if this helps really no, no you know like all the bigger german brands coming from germany is leaving for paris and showing elsewhere so they really like trying to build up this um german fashion week thing again so uh, no as you said like i don't think this will help uh, in that sense so let's move on and talk about some of the sort of tech elements that were happening during Berlin. As we said, a lot of communication pre prior to the event has been about different tech conferences. Um, so at a varying degree, this is something that actually has been part of the agenda. 
I know there was one official conference that they had to cancel or minimize uh, the fashion tech conference, but there were other things that actually uh, uh, were, were executed. Um, you went to one by a German company called Universe, uh, a SaaS tool for the fashion industry. They had their own conference. What can you uh, say about what you learned there? Yeah, um, so they had a quite full schedule during this day. Um, um, Obviously, I didn't attend the whole day because since it's during fashion week, um, there's a lot of events going on uh, and you attend different things. But they had topics such as how, what can you do with NFTs? what is uh, what is web free and the metaverse um what, what is the role of emerging tech and how does it improve sustainability um yeah so very much um talks around these um, these topics right Let's move on. There was another uh, thing happening during Berlin, and I know you, Eric, has been looking into this and actually saw some of the live streams. Um, This was related to uh, upcycling and using VR and AR to help independent designers uh, on this front. So, yeah, it was... uh, (laughs) You can kind of imagine my eyes popping up, trying to find something to talk about, and then I see... Uh, upcycling and i see digital fashion in the same like sentence and i'm like perfect this is gonna be my podcast so basically uh studio 183 which is a store in berlin a retail store physical store they had like a two-day conference where they invited a lot of like digital fashion designers and uh, experts to kind of talk about and have panel talks about how how do we upcycle more especially in digital age and I thought it was interesting. They had one example that was kind of hands-on. They showed it in the live stream. You could, they had developed a kind of smart mirror app, an AR mirror that they called it. Mm-hmm. So let's say you pick out four pieces of clothing in your wardrobe that you hate. You don't use them anymore. They've just been lying there. You don't know what to do with them. You laid them flat on the floor. You took a picture with your iPad or iPhone with their app. And, you know, they said, please try to have different textures and different uh, patterns and stuff on these four so it's not just four white tees you know and you choose you can choose between different templates or silhouettes so it could be a jacket like a it was like some kind of a college jacket like a letterman jacket they were like jeans in different sizes and then you merge them together in this app and then you could you know, from these from this template from this silhouette you chose these four of your own already pre-loved garments merged up through ai into this new garment you could try it out with the smart mirror you know in the smart mirror on yourself so maybe like the sleeve was the pattern of that shirt you never wore or like the, the left sleeve was like from the jeans you never wore again and then when you had this you could like press a button like a mix button like remix 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 until you liked it <laughs> you know like it, it would just the ai stuff would just create these garments and then you could go uh, download this 3d print or 3d um, model and you could go to like a small, they collaborated with Berlin, like a fashion university in Berlin. And then someone could make this piece for you, a physical one. So it's basically, like I said, it's upcycling in a digital age. I thought it was cool. Well, that's a really fascinating proposition. It reminds me, I have a, a, a friend who is really good. She's cataloging every garment that she has uh, <laughs> in her wardrobe. So she has a, 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 a an album on her phone with all the garment that she owns. And she's into kind of designer stuff. So she only has the good stuff. 
And <laughs> before she goes into the closet, she kind of surfs around in her own little, you know, almost like an own little e- e-commerce store, uh, <laughs> trying to mix and match different things. And then she goes into the closet to get get dressed. Maybe I'm <laughs> oversimplifying, but I've actually seen the, the album. I, I was very impressed by how she cataloged her, her belongings. I, you know, I definitely don't do that. Uh, but, cool. you know, this is a problem. We've, we've, we've talked about it before. It goes back to the issue of, we're only wearing our clothes, uh, you know, on average. Is it seven times is the last number? I've heard three times. It's it's different numbers coming out. So this is obviously a huge issue, but and this takes it a step further, meaning you take the clothes that you have and you let the AI redesign them. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. In seconds. So I but think it's it, cool. Do I get it correctly if this is like a tool for designers or like, or just like normal people to like inspire them to DIY their garments. Yeah, well, the purpose is, I guess it's kind of a gimmick right now. I just thought yeah. like the, the idea is pretty cool. Let's say H&M or like a big, big fast fashion brand use this. So like, hey, you, you own old H&M clothes, put this on your app. We can design a whole, whole new one and then you can bring it in and someone can sew a new one. I don't know how that would work <laughs> logistically, but I thought it was cool. Or perhaps you can just use it perhaps as a virtual clothes. You can have it in an AR filter for Instagram. Like, hey, look at this. Like a bit more fun to make use of your old clothes. Hmm. And like you said, the hard part would be to then actually make those four old garments into a new garment. That's easier said than done, I guess. Well, we're going to get back to this topic of AI and how it affects our industries in a, in a later episode. There's so much happening on the AI front and it feels like the, the topic of the year. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up soon. I want to bring the conversation back to Florence, Italy. Um, there is a report uh, on uh, ScandinavianMind.com that, Oliver, you have written about uh, sort of the Nordic brands making a mark uh, uh, on the scene there. Uh, perhaps I just want to mention a few of these uh, before we round up. What were some of your favorites from the Nordic brands that, that exhibited and, and did events? So there were quite a lot. And the... Uh... Scandinavian brands, I think, is uh, particularly good in general. They're actually like trying to do maybe not something innovative in terms of uh, technology and these kind of things, but they're actually interesting to see at Pitti. But, for example, Rolf Ekrot with his collection together with uh, uh, the Finnish company Fiskars is uh, very interesting. Uh, it's described in the report what he's been doing. This um, collaboration uh, comes out of the scissors and, in a sense, inviting the wearer to like DIY your garment, not DIY the garment, but in a sense, repurpose it by cutting out like pieces of fabric from the garment to create a sort of new garment from it. It was very interesting and it looks really good as well. So well, it looked amazing. The, the photos were, the imagery were, were, was amazing. And Rolf yeah. is, a, is a favorite of ours. We've, we've written about him several times before. He's a great creative. But it was also other people, um, Fredrik Banner-Kiel from Copenhagen, which um, is a quite young designer, uh, very up and coming and really found his, um, design path forward by creating these in a sense luxurious garments and combining it with uh, function functional clothing and uh, doing tailoring in functional materials and having a very distinct design language so he's very nice 
One I'd like to mention is uh, the company Blast from Norway, uh, an outerwear yeah. company who uh, produces um, very cool, uh, yeah, outerwear garments. Highly technical, but um, also very fashionable and very nice design. But um, since they're from the like very uh, from the coast of Norway, um, having like closeness to the sea, um, being like beneath the mountains, it's very much like born out of their climate and like meeting the needs being in that uh, area. Um, so very much combining form and function uh, to meet the standards of today. Good stuff. Well, Oliver, it's been great having you on the ground reporting from some of these events. Uh, you can read your report from Florence. It's up uh, uh, this week on ScandinavianMind.com. Uh, there will be more reporting from Berlin. You're, you'll still be there today uh, attending the, the events and the shows. Um, this has been the Scandinavian Mind podcast. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit ScandinavianMind.com slash newsletter not to miss out on any of these events. Uh, also, of course, uh, we have to plug our upcoming uh, talks at SIF. Uh, so during Copenhagen Fashion Week, we have uh, the uh, the talk stage at SIF, uh, the, the Copenhagen International Fashion Fair is for three days. We are hosting... Uh, three tracks of retail um, tech talks, beauty innovation talks, and transformation talks about some of the most important uh, changes and developments in the fashion and beauty industry. So don't miss out. Um, guys, thank you so much for doing this. And Oliver, uh, enjoy Berlin. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me.